Welcome, everybody, uh, and welcome to a special edition of the Mon Goals Preview Show. Hashtag Mon Movie Edition. I'm Steve, and with me tonight is Laura Ellen. On tonight's edition, we are going to talk about Green Street Hooligans, the Mon movie for this week, and provide some brief history on hooliganism and other similar concepts in world football. Laura Ellen, how are you tonight? Great. I'm so excited to be doing something other than um, doing work at my dining room table. So um, I hope that, you know, as our physical distancing continues uh, throughout the course of COVID-19, that uh, we can use uh, the Mon movie every week to bring some levity to our lives. So I'm excited to talk about a not fun topic, hooliganism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, before we get into that, I want to go back to something that happened on Twitter uh, based on last week's Mon movie. Uh, and that was Laura Ellen saying she met me while she was working on a food truck, uh, the Blue Sparrow food truck. And it's true. It's a 100% true story. I walked up to get my food. She saw my Riverhouse hat and was like, hey, you're a Riverhouse fan. I was like, yes. And I know who you are because you're super obvious at the games. <laughs> Then she eventually described who I was to Justin, um, and Justin was like, yeah, 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 I think I know who he is, the guy with the goatee, right? And she's like, yeah, I, I think so. Like, you mean the guy that yells sir at the refs all the time, right? That, that's, that's how we all, all got to know each other. So uh, food truck bringing that about. So Laura Ellen, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you found out about the history of hooliganism? Yes. So, um, yeah, no, but food trucks, so amazing. Go support your local businesses. That's actually what I had for dinner tonight, but that's another story. Okay, um, so the history of hooliganism. Um, so broadly, a hooligan or hooliganism was originally used as a slur in England. Um, and again, this is based off of what I found. If anyone listened to Soccer Better with Liz and I, uh, we always had all these disclaimers. But this is just based on what I found. Hooliganism and the history of hooliganism. <laughs> we could go on and on and on, but we will not bore you with all of that. But originally it was used as a slur in England to refer to groups of people um, kind of described as like gangs who had caused disruptions. And this originally wasn't exactly related to sports, but um, when it comes to sports, hooliganism um, really began to be affiliated with um, sports and with football or soccer as we know it in the 1960s and 70s in the UK. And so when we think about hooliganism in the UK, um, this began to reference any violence that occurred around the game or, you know, that was affiliated with fans of um, uh, the game of soccer. Um, so when it comes to this kind of violence, there were often micro and macro economic factors as well as other contextual factors. Um, so when we think about like, you know, folks who are losing their jobs or other decisions that were made, you know, potentially at like a government level that people were upset about, but there were, the violence was occurring around the game of football or soccer. Um, and there was also this um, social identity or this group identity that was associated with hooliganism. And I think we think a lot about that. And so when there were these um, derby and derby matches between you know, these two rival teams, this was often a hot spot for activity. And so uh, oftentimes the opposing players would ha would be attacked, the opposing fans would be attacked, F officials um, would also be attacked. And there was a lot of like physical violence. And so 
Um, I think most people can think of, uh, when they think of hooliganism, they think of these formalized groups that began to be associated with the clubs in like an official capacity in the 1970s. And so as some examples, there's the herd, which went with Arsenal, the Chelsea headhunters, the red army with Manchester United. Um, and this is something like I, you know, before reading into this, it was something I was like tangentially familiar with, but I wasn't super familiar with it. Um, but some of these names I was like, Oh yeah, I've heard of those things. Um, and so then over time, and again, this is all looking at the UK over time, there were all these riots that occurred um, when certain teams were relegated or when there was these cup matches. And um, there were also a lot of racial tensions that happened. So as Afro-Caribbean players began to become more common in English soccer, um, there was a lot of violence around those things as well. Um, people lost their lives as a result of this, which I think um, is something that uh, I don't really, you know, I, you know, when I have, you know, I've been a fan of soccer for such a long time. And when I've gone to Riverhounds games, I could not even imagine, you know, like we get upset and we, you know, when the, when they lose or the team, you know, the other team like jeers at us, but I could not imagine like someone losing their life around um, this violence. And so in 1989, um, the English government did something about it. Um, and so the 1989 football spectators act, um, did a lot to help curb a lot of the violence um, surrounded with the hooliganism. And then there were a series of um, policies that were put into place. So there was the Football Offenses and Disorder Act in 1999, the Football Disorder Act in 2000, the Violent Crime Reduction Act in 2006. Um, and these were all efforts to reduce things, you know, people from throwing things onto the field. There um, is no longer allowed to have alcohol within sight of the soccer field. Uh, there aren't any fireworks that are allowed to be in the field. And there were all these other things that were put into place um, in an effort to reduce the violence um, that was happening. Um, and so, you know, and, the, I, you know, I know there's things about like standing and sitting in particular areas um, because, you know, my friends who are English who, you know, go to Premier League games talk about how they like can and can't do all these things. And I'm like, we can do whatever we want, um, which, you know, is something that's so interesting to think about. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I think there are, I mean, there's a lot of things in there. Um, one of the things that I've learned throughout the years, just casually somewhere, I don't know where I picked it up. Oftentimes these hooligan uh, groups are called firms. So you might see that if you're reading about it or something like that. Um, uh, I will also say that uh, I did a little research because I knew Laura Ellen was going to be on <laughs> with me tonight. Um, and, and this is not research, but I expected Laura Ellen to do great research like she has already done and come up with all these things. So Laura Ellen is great at that. But I could not find any evidence that Brighton and Hove Albion has ever had a firm. So, I know. But I should, I can have a chance to ask my, you know, my, my friend who lives in Brighton. So like, I need to ask him that will be, I'll, I'll tweet out about it, but yeah. 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 I think the other thing that's really interesting is like the no alcohol within sight of the field concept. Like, like I cannot imagine what would happen <laughs> at a Riverhounds game. If all of a sudden you had to drink your dollar beers without being able to see the field, like we would have mounds and mounds of people huddled under the bleachers drinking their dollar beers. 
Well, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, when it's, you know, 110 degrees uh-huh. outside and we have our, like, you know, vodka slushies or whatever, you know, we, like, can't have that. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. And I think, you know, it has gone mm-hmm. a long way. Um you know, but this isn't something that just happens in the UK either. Um, So there's this concept. And again, I'm sure there are people out there who know way more. And this is Mm -hmm. just a preliminary reading. So Mm -hmm. I or I of, of, you know, the history. So please forgive me the people who know the most. But (laughs) um, so around the world, there are these groups called ultras. And the first ultras were really in Italy. Um, And so broadly, these ultras are like fan groups who are known for like being like so enthusiastic about the Mm -hmm. team. This is like the TIFOs and the flares and Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And then sometimes these groups uh, become affiliated or uh, or support really like far left or far right wing Mm -hmm. political views. So, you know, huge nationalism, like Mm anti-fascist groups. the Barras Bravas um, were started in Argentina in the 1950s. Um, so this is an example of, of ultras. And um, but and then these often um, incite violence between rival fan groups, which, you know, I've talked about. We see a lot uh, in the in or we had seen a lot in um, the UK. And something else that, you know, I thought about just right before we um, started recording here tonight is the rivalry between River and Boca in Argentina, mm-hmm. which is known as the Super Classico. And so um, being, you know, I've been to Argentina a couple times and, you know, I'm a River fan, which, you mm-hmm. know, after like doing some research, I don't know if I want to be a River fan, but you know, <laughs> there's horrible violence that happens between these the fans of these two teams. Um, yeah. And in the past couple years, I can't remember if it was like two or three years ago, um, you know, the opposing, um, I think River fans, like, stopped the Boca bus. I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Like, would not let the player, like, that had the players in them. And there was such bad violence between these teams. They ended up moving the game between River and Boca to Spain mm-hmm. uh, to avoid the violence between the fans. And so, you know, while when we think of, like, hooliganism, we typically think of the UK, I think mm-hmm. in a broader aspect, you know, they're, you know, people take soccer very seriously, but it also becomes an identity for people. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's not necessarily just about the game, but it's also about, you know, these ideals that people have um, and this uh, membership that people have to different groups. Um, And so like hooliganism, like I said, we think about it in relation to soccer. Um, I found some evidence that um, in the Soviet Union and Russia, um, hooliganism um, is considered a criminal offense, um, but it's not necessarily associated with sports. It was very interesting. I did not read a lot about this, but um, uh, groups like uh, Pussy Riot and um, other like costume riders have been charged and like criminal charges, and their like criminal charges are hooliganism, uh, which I think is just uh, goes back to some of the original um, 
you know, meanings of, of hooliganism. Mm -hmm. um, and so I know, um, Steve, you used to have some examples of more like international soccer when it comes to hooliganism. Yeah, I mean, my understanding is that like the hooliganism that we talk about um, and that we'll see kind of exemplified in Green Street um, is not something that is common uh, anymore uh, in, in the UK, at least. And, and in some places, maybe there is still some of that. Um, uh, but more often than not, now you start to see some of those same elements showing up in uh, the international scene, whether that's national teams or international competitions at the club level. level. Um, uh, also, oftentimes it's not necessarily overt racism, while that does still happen at times. Um, it's often more times uh, violence or discrimination um, uh, towards people uh, uh, of different groups. Um, so, I mean, there have been numerous examples uh, as a Chelsea follower. Uh, I can remember numerous examples in the Champions League or Europa League over the past few years where they've gone different places um, and their fans uh, have racially abused someone. Um, uh, so you'll see this in things like that. You'll see it in the CONCACAF Champions League with some of the Central American teams and uh, uh, different things happening there, or even things like the Copa Libertadores. Um, so it's just an interesting concept to think that uh, there's violence or aggressive actions or racism or discrimination that's tied to sports when uh, we oftentimes can look at sports and see it as something that brings us together. Um, and I think one of the biggest disappointments about uh, watching Green Street hooligans this weekend is that we're not sitting there in the parking lot tailgating with the Coopers beforehand and showing a really different model of what it looks like to be opposing fans. Instead, we're watching a movie about opposing fans getting into violent actions against each other. Um, so, I mean, really different contexts. Um, so I guess that brings us kind of to a little bit of the movie preview. Um, so uh, Green Street hooligans was released in 2005. Uh, one of the screenwriters, Dougie Brimson, uh, is the guy that kind of drove it. And it's his kind of experience that kind of gives some of the context for the movie and some of the other things that he's done. Um, so after transitioning from his career in the Royal Air Force in the UK, he began writing in 1996. Um, he was co-writer of Everywhere We Go, Behind the Match Day Madness, uh, which was one of his first 14 books. And it's a look at some of the craziness that he experienced uh, in soccer. Um, uh, so like I said, 2005 is when he released our uh, hashtag Mon movie for this week. Um, I don't really want to spoil too much, um, uh, but Green Street stars Elijah Wood as Matt Buckner. Uh, it also has Charlie Hunnam. So if you've watched Sons of Anarchy, it's the guy that plays Jax. He plays a character named Pete in Green Street. Um, the story centers around the Green Street Elite, which is a London-based hooligan firm. It's fictitious. Um, uh, and what follows is a story of Matt being swept up into the GSC uh, and the many different matches and other drama that he experiences. Uh, for those who haven't seen the movie i'm not gonna give you anything else than that but suffice it suffice it to say green street gives a it's a pretty theatrical uh picture of what hooliganism in england might look like um i haven't watched this movie in years it's probably been close to 15 years since i've watched it i remember really enjoying it i also realized that i'm a really different person at 36 <laughs> than i was at probably 22 so i have no idea what i'm going to think of the movie this time around um i remember liking it back then um so based on liking the movie and kind of that that uh, I went out and did a little more research uh, on Dougie Brimson and read his book, March of the Hooligans, Soccer's Bloody Fraternity, which he released two years later. Um, uh, 
Honestly, I'm going to give it a really arbitrary but average rating. Um, so pick your arbitrary rating of the week. Um, you got an arbitrary rating for us this week, Laura Allen? Oh, I actually, like, as you were saying that, I was like, oh, we need to think about this. I don't know. I think, um, you know, maybe maybe our, like, out of, you know, it, I think it should be, like, um, maybe three Coopers, four Lilies, and maybe uh like two dabos you know i think that's like a good combination of coach we have the rivalry which pays homage to the theme this week Uh, but then we have a striker as well so Mm -hmm. so i think it's like a good combination so you're you're making me have to do way too much calculus to give an (laughs) average rating so i'm just gonna do i'm gonna do one cooper two lilies and one duba okay Okay, yeah that's that's just below (laughs) average which is what i was shooting for on on my evaluation of this book as i look back on it i also remember i had this book stuck in the trunk of my car at some point um and and i had a a bottle of oil and it leaked and it leaked all over the book so it ruined the book and i just remember it was that book because i was like oh man i didn't finish reading this book now i've got to read it and it's covered in oil (laughs) i don't know i don't know um uh but basically the book uh he wrote it in 2007 um and he described a lot about the hooliganism that he saw in england um uh, and then raised concerns that maybe that type of violent behavior could spread to the U.S. and MLS. Uh, and he did that basically because that was the era of David Beckham coming over. Um, and he was like, hey, is this going to bring an element along with the fandom for Beckham uh, that we don't want to see here in the U.S.? Um, I don't think that violence has been something we've seen. I think his question turned out to be wrong. So that's kind of why I give him a below average. But I remember finding it an interesting picture of kind of some of the experiences that he talked about. So... So, Laura Ellen, what's with that? What are your thoughts on what we've got going on for the Mon movie this week? Well, I I mean, I haven't seen it, so I haven't. So, yeah, so I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, And I think, yeah, I think it'll be like a good, it's Mm -hmm. good to know that it's like a theatrical picture Mm -hmm. of hooliganism. Mm -hmm. Um, So actually, like, as we've been talking, I've been thinking, so I I read the book, um, How Soccer Explains the World. Mm -hmm. And I don't know who wrote it. And I don't know what year it came out. You can Google that Mm -hmm. and figure it out. But um, they do touch on some of like the hooliganism Mm -hmm. there and also talk about like racism and some of those other types of discrimination that we see. But I think from a fan perspective, there is some of that hooliganism tied into that book as well. Um, So, yeah, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to, like, watch it with folks and and tweet out my, like, immediate uh, responses to to what's happening. Um, So, yeah, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's something that is good for us kind of being where we are to remember that hooliganism is possible. I think, you know, with, you know, not to get too political here, but, you know, I think with some of the things that have happened in the U S not related to sports, I think it's not hard to imagine that these types of things could happen mm-hmm. in sports or surrounding sports. Um, and so I hope that this is a good reminder for us and I mm-hmm. hope Um, it's like challenging in that way but I also I mean I you know was like a big Lord of the Rings fan so like I'm excited to see why it's good you know like (laughs) this is um, not Frodo (laughs) so yeah no I think I'm excited about it I hope um, folks will you know 
know, tune in and, um, you know, tweet with us or at least, you know, if you've seen it before and like know the story pretty well, kind of like follow along with mm-hmm. us on Twitter um, and let us know where our opinions are wrong. Um, I think that's that's totally yeah. okay too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm really excited. Join us this weekend. It'll be yeah. fun. fun. It, I think it will be a ton of fun. Um, one thing I do want to say, um, uh, please, if you have kids uh, that you don't want to expose to a lot of violence or a lot of language, please do your research on the movie first. Um, uh, I'll let you as parents make that decision. I don't have kids, so I don't have to make that decision. But uh, something to be aware of, um, that this may not be a suitable movie for all audiences. Um, so please do your research first, um, uh, because we would hate for you to not be able to participate in the same way uh, because something caught you off guard as a family. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's all I'll say about that. So we want as many people to be, to, be, uh, to be involved, um, uh, but we don't want people jumping out on Twitter just because their their kids walk in and they're like, oh crap, what the heck is going on in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't think that's a surprise to most people that have seen the movie, but I yes. think with that, I think it's time to say thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get your custom scarves uh, for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. We are part of the Beautiful Game Network. Go check us and other podcasts out at vgn.fm. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a review. You can contact us online at Mongols on Facebook and Twitter and Mongols Pod on Instagram. Let us know what you think of our shows. We love hearing from all of you. Also, don't forget to watch at 7 p.m. this Saturday night and use the hashtag MonMovie. Until next time, we'll see you. Bye!